Welcome to this week's Cigar Talk. I'm your host, Rob Jones. This week, we travel to South Fort Worth to Paladin Cigars. We'll visit with the owners, brothers Aaron and Matthew. We'll find out their story, find out what they're smoking, and hopefully get some cigar tips. Thank you for joining. Hope you enjoy the show. And now, it's time to light them up. It's time for Cigar of the Week. This week's choice, Placencia Reserve Original. I'm smoking a Robusto, and let me tell you, it's silky smooth. The draw is perfect. I would say it's one of the top 10 cigars I've smoked this year. It's a handmade Nicaraguan with 100% organic tobacco. It's aged for over three years. This creamy cigar is mild to medium with a pure and natural tobacco flavor. If you come across one, I highly recommend it. The Placencia Reserve Original, my cigar of the week. Welcome to this week's podcast. I'm your host, Rob Jones. We're visiting in South Fort Worth, Paladin Cigars. And I have the co-owners with me today, Aaron and Matthew. Welcome to the show, guys. Thank you. Hey, Rob. Glad to be here. Glad to be here here again. It's been a year since I was here last time. Looks like you guys are doing fabulous. I appreciate the selection that you have, how you welcome everyone into your shop. That's what I love about great cigar shops. It feels like family every time you walk in the door. Yeah, that's exactly right. You know, anywhere in the country, you can go to a great cigar lounge and feel right at home. Exactly. And always a good place to meet new people as well. Oh, absolutely. So, tell us a little bit about your story. I was talking to Aaron earlier. He said y'all been in the business for seven years. And uh, tell me about how you got started. Well, let's back up and go a little bit further back than that. What cigar did it for you that made you fall in love with the cigar lifestyle? I particularly can't say that I have a personal cigar that's my favorite. It was more the experience, the times I got to spend with my dad. Uh, Outside of smoking with him, I didn't smoke a whole lot of cigars, but the... um, the bonding time and the fellowship that I spent with him was what really did it for me. Excellent. Yeah, I would I would have to agree with that. I think that uh, it's like falling in love, you know, with a with a, a good woman. You know, you don't maybe know exactly when and where it happened, but uh, just one day you woke up and you're like, wow, this is this is awesome. I I couldn't see myself doing anything else, and uh, you're just blessed to be there. I tell you, anyone in your position, I I think is very blessed because. You're doing. You're in the business that you're passionate about. Mm-hmm. Yes. And that's a rare thing these days. A lot of people are going to work, doing the grind on something that they hate. Yes. And you guys are living the dream. I mean, I don't know very many cigar smokers myself that don't fantasize about owning their own shop someday. <laughs> that's true. It's true. And we get that comment a lot, actually. Oh, um, it's a, it's a, there is work. I mean, don't don't misunderstand me. It's not just sitting around smoking cigars all day, but uh, uh, I, there's not too many days I wake up and think, I don't want to go to work. Uh, I mean, I'm sure there's other things that I'd rather be doing, maybe playing around a golf or uh something like that but uh, it all in all it is not it's not work it's really a gift well, there is paperwork there is stuff to be done <laughs> <Yeah>. for sure <laughs> so anyway let's tell the guys about your shop a little bit uh, it's in South Fort Worth 
it's on Hewland Boulevard or Hewland Street? Hewland Street. South Hewland Street, yes. Mm -hmm. Uh, You walk in the door, it's a very inviting atmosphere. You have a nice lounge area in the front with uh, leather sofas and chairs. And your humidor is packed to the gills. Yes. Love that. When I go into a humidor, I want to have a selection. Mm-hmm. And when I walked in today, the first thing that caught my eye was the uh, Placencia 146. Yes. Which I was like, oh, yes, one of my favorites. And then out of the other corner of my eye, I saw a LFD chapter, or excuse me, a LAD uh, cabinet 6. Mm-hmm which is my very favorite cigar, and I can't find them hardly anywhere. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I was very excited that you guys have those cigars. Yeah. Uh, then you come out, and you come down the hallway, and there's just lounging areas everywhere. It's a very comfortable atmosphere. You have uh, customers talking and just enjoying themselves. So hats off to you guys for having a really great shop. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. The, the customers definitely make it possible. It's always... Uh, without them, and it just looks dead in here some of the times. It doesn't have that same vibe as when, you know, people come in and there is that uh, bustle, I suppose, of camaraderie. Well, just so everybody knows that's listening, we're actually uh, recording this session in the middle of their cigar shop. There's lots of people in here smoking and shooting stories and just having a good time. So that's what I love about the shops. Yeah, it is. It is. It's uh, You can come sit in. Uh, jump right into the middle of a conversation. I, I confess sometimes they get a little bit uh, uh, a little bit wild, a little bit crazy, and, and sometimes the owner uh, gets on his soapbox and, and, and rants quite a bit. But uh, at the end of the day, we always try to keep, keep it fun. And, and, and the other thing that I, got, I have to tell you is so refreshing about a lot of cigar shops you'll go into is you can have a conversation and maybe agree to disagree but still remain civil, I dare say, in, in, a, in a day and age where so many people are, it's my way or the highway, uh, people can talk, they can have sensible conversations, and then and then leave as friends. Well, a good friend of mine told me last week on an episode we did, he said, it's nice to go to a cigar shop where you can have adult conversations and be civilized. Mm-hmm. Well said, well said, because it doesn't happen everywhere. Well, and so many conversations and topics that are off-limits in other aspects of the world that you can really get into, and it's acceptable here. You know, if you were just to strike up a conversation in the store and mention something political, you know, they might look at you like, that's that's not what we talk about in public. Well, it's definitely uh, a place where you can talk about different things, and I was talking to uh, your brother earlier, and I even said that we can talk about things and disagree but the bond is the cigar. Mm-hmm. So you yes. can always come back and have another cigar and have a completely different conversation. True. Absolutely. True. So let's go ahead and talk about how you guys got started. Yeah. Well, in, uh, interestingly enough, and I, it's a, kind of a magical story, it was a Cuban guy that got us into the business, um, uh, dead to rights. Uh, he owned a little shop in uh, Reno, Nevada that my dad frequented regularly. Um, after a number of years going there, uh, they got to know the guy. He started inviting him down to the Dominican Republic. He says, this is where I live. This is where my operation is. He says, come visit, come visit. So my folks started traveling to the Dominican Republic. And then after a while, uh, he was looking at actually expanding on what he had and wanted to go in business with my folks. Um, he could provide the cigars, and we would provide the build-out and the labor force. That worked out for a little while, and then things kind of uh, uh, they, they changed there. The, 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 I guess the scenery, the landscape changed. 
Uh, and so we kind of went off on our own, started finding other manufacturers to contract, and then also expanded our humidor by carrying some of the, uh, the larger manufacturers vertically integrated. We like to specialize in those that are family-owned, generally speaking, or that have their roots very close to that idea of what they were originally conceived as as a company. So that's kind of the, the history of it. It's evolved over time since, in, in, as you said, the seven years we've been in business. Uh, we've changed things uh, a number of times, but I think that's uh, any good business grows and evolves. And, uh, you know, we really try to stay uh, focused on the needs of our customers uh, and bring in what's, uh, what's new, what's happening, and what our customers, what we think they really want. Excellent. Yeah. So have you all been at this location the entire time? Yes, sir. Oh, very nice. Yeah, yeah, all seven years. Okay. In a brother relationship, is it difficult to work brother to brother? Uh, not, not too much. <laughs> <laughs> you know, as with any family situation, there's always going to be that um, little bit of consternation where if roles aren't clearly defined, but um, myself and my brother Matthew here, we've always gotten along. We've always shared a room growing up. Um, Yeah, there's been the little uh, squabbles or differences along the way when we were younger. We'd like the same girl or something like that, but we'd always get over it, and at the end of the day, we're always each other's best friends. That's awesome. So it's worked out. We've been very blessed in that regard of not having the constant power struggle, I would say. Yeah. And if I, you're, I was talking with your dad earlier. You're the older brother, correct, Eric? I'm actually the younger oh, one. The um, I've just got a huge beard right now. So, you know, <laughs> it's, uh, <laughs> well, he's also uh, six inches taller than I am, so that also plays into the whole, I, I'm almost, I'm the little brother now. <laughs> I thought maybe it was just that you looked younger. Mm. Yeah. Well, that's, that's uh, he's lived probably a healthier life than I have as well, <laughs> you know. Well, uh, I put some hard miles on this chassis. <laughs> True. You know, one of the other things that I'd like to add to the uh, to the whole brother aspect is that uh, as we've both gotten older, uh, an important observation for both of us, I think, is that uh, we have learned to identify and really come along and supported each other's strengths and weaknesses. And, and where somebody really shines, you kind of step out of the way and just let them run with that. And you don't try to meddle with it too much. Um, and uh, and where and where they're weak, you know, you, you you try to come alongside and and do what you can to help them out there. And I know I get the same from Aaron uh, on on a lot of that. Where it's you know it's um, hands helping hands. You know, we we pull each other up and and encourage each other along and really uh, do the best we can at that. Well, and I would also think that it's great having a partner that you trust a hundred percent. Yes. In some businesses where you have two partners come together, there might be some trust issues down the road where you guys know that you both have each other's best interests. Yeah, that's well said. Well, and, you know, working together for so long, there are certain aspects of the business and just our work ethic where we know how we want something done because Mm -hmm. we've been doing it together for our entire lives, whereas having other people come in and we're like, well, why would you do it that way? Like, Matt would know exactly how to do that and why. Kind of have that telepathic communication almost when it comes to our work ethic, which has been really, made things really easy, I would suppose. That's great. So let's talk about what we're smoking right now. What are you smoking right now, Matthew? I am actually smoking... uh, the AKA Inth Degree. 
uh, it's a new cigar. One of our reps dropped it by. I think he's hoping that we start carrying this in the uh, in the shop. It's a pretty tasty little cigar. It's Maduro, flavorful, smooth. Uh, I really like it. It's one of those that has uh, that heavy chocolatey notes to it, which oh, I'm, nice. yeah, I really, really enjoy that. And how about you, Aaron? I am smoking the uh, Aladino Corojo. It's by the uh, JRE Tobacco family. It's a great Honduran Puro. Mm-hmm. Honduran Puro, yeah. yes. Um, it's a line that we brought on, what, about a year ago now? Mm-hmm. Wow. And it's been doing really well for us since then. The um, JRE family, they uh, were one of the original founders of Camacho, and uh, they were under a non-compete agreement for a while, and now that they're making tobacco again, they're really killing it. They make this line in the uh, Rancho Luna. I'll definitely have to put those on my list to try. Yeah. Well, what, what's so cool about that family there is um, uh, Julio Nora, the uh, uh, he's the the father, the the patriarch of the family, and this guy is a grower through and through. Uh, and his son Julio actually went to school as an agronomist, uh, and so farming is his passion as well. So these guys are in the field the majority of the time, making sure that everything's done right. Um, tobacco truly is their passion. Uh, so it fits really well with what we like to present to our customers is these these guys that it's not about the marketing, it's not about, you know, a lot of the gimmicky stuff that you find in, in, in the cigar industry, um, but they're really passionate about the leaf. Well, we were talking about that earlier. In this industry, you'll find a lot of gimmicks. Yes. Yes. And when it comes right down to it, those gimmicks can't compete with a solid product. Correct. And so when I look for a cigar, I mean, my favorite cigar is the LFD Cabinet 6. Mm-hmm. There's no gimmicks here. Right. It doesn't even have a band. Right. Yeah. Well, you know, and there's a lot of retailers that won't carry that cigar for the reason. Uh, my, my dear friend Andy, who used to be the rep here uh, for LFD in the area, he would tell me that it was a really hard sell for him in a lot of shops because the, the owners didn't like the fact that it didn't have a band. Really? And, and you know, for me, uh, you know, I mean, our, what Andy and I kind of concluded was this cigar, if you've ever seen it before, it, it sits in a, in a plain wooden box, 50-count box, and you walk by it, and, and the glistening oiliness of the wrapper just, just calls to you. It doesn't need a band. And Lito says the same thing. He goes, this, this cigar, the wrapper is the band. The, the wrapper is the calling card. Um, but there's some people that won't carry it. Just it's it's really. I odd. did not know that. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of strange, but uh, teach his own. For me, it's probably been one of the easiest cigars to show people to buy mm-hmm. because I take it out of the box and I show them that wrapper. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, oh, look at this wrapper. It's like velvet. Yes, you know. Yes, it's all shiny and oily. You can almost <laughs> see yourself in it. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah. It's yeah. beautiful. And so, the fl- and the flavor on that cigar is really outstanding. Well, earlier I had the opportunity, uh, Matthew gave me a cigar that you carry. Mm-hmm. Tell us about that cigar. Sure, the, uh, the Tapao. Um, the Tapao is a um, uh, Dominican, uh, Corojo wrapped. Uh, the profile I gave you was a Toro. Uh, it's a really nice cigar, it's creamy, flavorful. Uh, it just, it's just The consistency of the cigar is outstanding from beginning, and it's got a couple of little complexity changes, uh, but it's a really nice cigar. It's one that's done really well for us. Uh, here in the shop, they also have a San Andreas wrapper on uh, on another blend, um, and that does well also. But uh, it comes from uh, Tabacchiera El Profeta. Um, Papito uh, is the master blender there. He's he actually got his start with LFD uh, blending. I, say, I know the name. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Well, from the very minute that we lit it up, all the way through and to the finish, it was a solid cigar. Yes. I mean, I don't remember the last time I've tried a new cigar that was that good. Really? I was very impressed. That's encouraging to hear, Rob. Oh, Thank you for that. Yeah. Very good to hear. <laughs> I mean, after I see there at the end, I started kind of ramping up just a little mm-hmm. bit. Yeah. And I was like, that's exactly what a cigar should be. Yeah. It starts off well, mellows out a little bit, and then comes back strong. Yeah. But the construction of the burn was perfect all the way through. Gosh, that's wonderful to hear. Yeah. I mean, I was impressed. Good, good. We'll have to let Pepito know there. He'll yeah. He'll be happy to hear that. <laughs> well, and you said he got his start with the LFD? Yeah, yeah. Uh, he's, he got his start with uh, Lito. Um, I'm not exactly how much in, uh, he was involved in the blending processes, but he is a fabulous blender. Um, from what I understand, though, he did quite a bit of work with them for about, I, th- I want to say it was about seven to eight years he was with that company as they were, uh, you know, uh, coming up back in the 90s uh, and then uh, kind of went off and started doing his own thing, uh, which is which is great, but that's, it's, it's kind of the... Um, it's the it's the gold of the cigar industry. The, the stories of these guys that started off and they built their blending technique, their acumen over the years. And well, they they put in the work. Yes, you yes, know what I mean. Exactly. They didn't just come in and buy up something mm-hmm. and try to make a cigar out of it. They actually put in the work, the labor, the love, yeah. all of it, and that and that shows. Yes, yes, it does. And I'm not surprised at all that my favorite cigar, and then you give me a cigar and I love it, is from the same. Right, family, yeah. so to speak. Yeah. Right. Anyway, uh, I always like to ask cigar shop owners, what tips can you give the cigar smokers? Uh, one shop told me, you know, basically how to cut cigar. Mm-hmm. I talked to another guy who talked about retro hell. Do you guys retro hell? Absolutely. Oh, it's a must. It's a must. Thank Especially you. with the more mild cigars, like yeah. the 146 uh, Cosecha by yes. Potencia, things like that, that the flavors are... Lovely, but a little bit more subtle. Yes. I didn't start retrohaling until about a year ago. Mm -hmm. And, I mean, it just opened up a whole other world of cigar smoking. Yes. So. Yeah, it absolutely, it does. It changes the thing. So, uh, what tip would you guys give? Wow, that's a a good question, I would say. (laughs) I like to tell people uh, when they're asking new smokers, whatever, um, there's not a wrong or a right way, but there is a difference. Uh, so much uh, I've found over the years that each cigar requires almost a, a, a technique to smoke and enjoy it to its maximum potential. Uh, and while there's not a wrong or a right way, there is a difference. And, you know, some guys that'll smoke, uh, we carry a, a line called the Atabe. Uh, fabulous cigar, but it is a mild cigar. If you're not retroing this cigar, retro exhaling the cigar, you, you miss the glory that this cigar is. And so, while there's not a wrong way to smoke it, if you're not retroing it, you're missing you're missing the punchline. Um, so I. So what you're saying is basically get to know the cigar. Mm-hmm. When you have a cigar, get to know how to smoke that cigar. Yes, yes. Well, education is power. Oh, absolutely. You know, and, and we, we really, that's one of our, uh, I guess, our foundational pillars here at Paladin is we love to educate. I know uh, I can get a little long-winded in the humidor with certain customers, and they're kind of like, wow, you're saying a lot of words here, and I don't understand what you're saying. Uh, but at the end of the day, I like people to know where the cigar is from, what kind of wrapper they're smoking. What kind of body, uh, what kind of flavors to expect? Because at the end of the day, when you when you kind of sit down, then you can kind of maybe start to process some of those things. 
uh, next time you go back and you're choosing a cigar, you can say, okay, well, I know that I like this, and I know actually what it was that I liked about the cigar. That's great. Yeah. That's great advice. So, are you guys from the Fort Worth area? No, not originally. Where are y'all from? Uh, we were bor- both born in uh, Riverside, California. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. So how long have you been in Texas? Seven, seven years. Seven years. Yeah. We came here for the shop. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's awesome. What, what brought us here. Yeah. So, how did you find the Fort Worth community? Oh, we Fort used Worth a, is awesome. We used a map. Yeah. <laughs> just, just messing with you, man. Just, <laughs> There's nope. a joker in every family. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. I, yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, the Fort Worth is, is it's maybe one of the nicest cities I've ever lived in. Uh, it is so welcoming. People here are outstanding. I mean, the, the, I don't think I've met a more friendly group of people in the United States. The city's clean. Uh, it has, it, I, I, think, I think Fort Worth has mastered the big city, small town feel. Oh, I agree. They yes. have perfected it. And, uh, I, yeah, I, I couldn't be happier with living in this area. That's awesome. So tell me about some of the upcoming events that your shop's got. We, we plan on doing a number of tastings throughout the season. Uh, we've got a couple of different ideas on, on where we want to go with that. One is we were looking and reviewing the top 25 cigars 2018. And so we want to put together a panel of smokers, uh, some reliable guys, some guys that we you know feel like have really a, a, a adjusted palates, and go through and start smoking the top 25 cigars and giving them our own reviews. Um, and, and we've thought about extending that to some of the smokers um, uh, that uh, follow us on the internet uh, and saying, okay, this is when we're going to be doing it. Let's all smoke the cigar in this week time period and give us your review. So then we can kind of get a peer-based review uh, as far as just relying on the reviews of some guy in some for a magazine. right exactly exactly some guys that you know are real uh, I'm not I'm not saying these other individuals aren't real smokers but these are people that I can touch and feel and uh, you know really have a, a sense of what's going on um, and basically get an unbiased review correct correct no money involved um, just real clean, real clean. Did you like the cigar? Did you not like it? You wouldn't be opposed to taking money for the reviews, though, right? Oh, absolutely. No, <laughs> no, no. no. I'm, I'm just messing. <laughs> well, and no, you know, you, you, you come across an interesting point because it's something that's been actually getting me a little bit uh, lately in the industry is there's, there's, there's so much money that's exchanging hands now. I don't know any more person. I don't know who to trust and who not to trust. I agree 100%. Uh, I've actually been asked to review some cigars mm-hmm. on the show, mm-hmm. and I have to tell them up front, if it's a great cigar, I'll promote your cigar all day long. But if it's a bad cigar, I'm not going to promote it. Yes. You know, so I understand completely. Well, at the very least, what you could tell them is, I'm going to give you honest feedback. Right. You know, and, and I, you know, okay, and, and we tell this to people all the time uh, in the shop. Everybody, you know, you, the question we get asked a lot, people come through the door and they go, what's your best cigar here? And it's like, well, you couldn't ask me something more subjective. Uh, there's, there's great cigars for a full-bodied palate and there's great cigars for a mild palate. Um, I can, I, I confess, I'm a medium to mild-bodied smoker. I can appreciate a full-bodied cigar, but it's not what I reach for first off the shelf. Uh, I understand that, that the, a, a guy who likes this, he's going to love the super spicy, full-bodied start on this cigar, that it, that it kind of mellows out, the spiciness is lost in the middle, and then at the end, as you said, Rob, it ramps back up and gets all up in your face uh, and leaves you kind of like thinking, why did I smoke this cigar while you're passed out on the couch? <laughs> but 
but everybody's going to have a different taste there. And so, but I can respect all everything that a cigar offers. But some cigars they're just not good cigars. True, and I think that really comes down to a lot with construction. Yes, for me, construction is where it starts. Mm-hmm. If you have bad construction, then it's really just a waste of my time. Yeah, absolutely. You, you appealed to the draw earlier. And I'll tell you what, for me, uh, I'm, I'm in the same boat with you, Rob. The draw is paramount. Uh, if I can't get easy puffs, uh, nice, nice, like smoke in the mouth, I don't, I don't know. I don't like to work hard for anything. So what am, what am I doing trying to, you know, work this cigar? My cheeks get sore. You know, I'm having trouble smiling the following day. I don't want that blood vessel popping right. out of my forehead Right. I'm trying to get a draw. Exactly, exactly right. So do you guys have some... Favorite cigars? I mean, like your top three? Can we make it top five at least? Okay, okay, okay. I'll let you do top five. Uh, lately, the uh, just the Placentia Reserve. Um, I mean, for the price point on it and the flavor and construction and just consistency of the cigar, that's kind of my go-to smoke at the moment. Um, I like the Toro profile personally. Um, if money is no object, I love the Atabi. I mean, that's uh, that's always my birthday cigar right now. Um, I actually had one of those about two weeks ago, and it oh, was really? fabulous. Yeah, yeah, and it, that's another one that it's not uh, too strong on the the flavor or the strength of it. It's just um, it's kind of everything that I originally thought a cigar should be. You know, like when you're a kid and you smell coffee for the first time and then you drink coffee and you're like, whoa, that's like nothing like what it smells <laughs> like, you know, you're kind of taken aback. But, um, yeah, the Atabi is just everything that I thought a cigar should always be. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, I would agree with that. That would definitely be on my top five as well. Uh, the Ritos profile is uh, it's the, it's the largest one that they make right now. Uh, I can't remember the exact profile. It's a little over six inches, 54 ring, I believe. Um, and it's one of those where you know, when people are buying it, some of the other flavor uh, the profiles offer a, a little bit different flavor complexity. But the Ritos is one of those where I tell people it's like once you start smoking the cigar, you don't want it to end. So buy the biggest profile. You know, it's uh, it really is worth it. Um, and then and you mentioned the Cosecha 146 earlier. Right. Um, that cigar, in my mind, for the money, is just rock solid. Yes. So Yeah, I've been smoking quite a few of those over the last month. Mm-hmm. In fact, probably my first one I tried about four or five weeks ago, and I was just like, wow, where's this cigar been? Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Where, where was this hiding? But <laughs> Yeah. Uh, Oh, the uh, the JRE, their uh, Corojo Reserve that they just released uh, earlier this year. That's, um, I mean, it's one of those cigars that's just packed full of Lajero, but incredibly smooth and just has that right amount of strength that just gets you that nice head feeling. And you're nice. just, I, I only wish they made it in a little bit of a larger profile um, than the Robusto that they have at the moment. But that is another one that would probably make my top five easily. I don't, I don't know that I could smoke too much more of that cigar, though. I mean, it's... It, God, that cigar puts me... It's packed full of power. It yeah. is. It is. That makes me sleepy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's an in-capper. Yeah. Just for sheer enjoyment, I am a huge fan of the uh, Gilberto Oliva Sumatra that they released a couple of years ago. I can't believe the price on this cigar. It's right around six, $6.20 in our humidor, I think. Wow. But just for just for sheer smoking pleasure, it has these like big, whiskey cotton candy feel smoke in the mouth sweet i love i love a cigar sumatra cameroon it may be it may be my favorite wrapper hands down 
I have uh, not had that one, but I'm oh, going to have to try it. It's so good. It's so good. And it's it's playful. It's light. It just kind of dances around. I can smoke it, not really feel too much of anything, but just satisfaction from the uh, the, 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 the you know, palate experience, the flavor that you get. Uh, and, and I can retro the heck out of that thing. That's it's nice. Yeah, real nice. You ever retro hell one that's like way too bold to be retro oh. hailing? Oh, big mistake. <laughs> <laughs> Makes you sneeze. Yeah. <laughs> eyes water. Right around, yeah. <laughs> Well, I, I smoke probably 90% of full body, mm-hmm. so I'm pretty much used to that, but I don't have the delicate palate like you would have, mm-hmm. and so that's why I lean towards the full strength. Sure. Um, it's just like when I go out to eat, I'm eating the most spicy foods there are, Okay, so yeah. my palate's weak, yeah. uh, so that also explains why I smoke the strongest cigars, mm-hmm. and I think that's the case for a lot of people who smoke real heavy, robust cigars. Yes. That was your top two? Yeah, top two, top three. Uh, oh, I've, the last one I smoked uh, that I really got very interesting notes from was The Traveling Man by Hiram and Solomon. Great cigar. Yes, right. Great. And, you know, you hear stuff in the industry like, oh, it had notes of this and chocolate. And that was one of the first cigars I've smoked in a long time that genuinely, about halfway through the cigar, I'm like, whoa, that's like a little bit of a raspberry note. Yes. You know, like there it is. This is the this is what people are talking about. You know? what, what size did you smoke? I think I smoke the Toro. That's okay. normally my go-to size. I feel like um, it's not too big, not too small. You're going to get the appropriate flavor that the, the blender wanted out of the experience in a Toro profile. I'm with you. When I first started, you know, I was trying to be cool, so I'd smoke the 6 by 60 Yeah, you know. sure, sure. And then I think as you graduate, you don't always need that big cigar. In fact, I think Absolutely. you get a better understanding of the complexity of the flavors when you go with a smaller gauge cigar. Yeah, Un- unquestionably. We, you know, uh, if you go back and you look at Cuban tradition, like these are the guys who originally created this art that we love, smoking cigars, and for them, a big ring gauge was 54. It's a 54 ring gauge cigar, and you think about that, and it's like, oh my God, like 54 ring gauge, that's super small. I mean, that's a little bit bigger than a Toro, but that to them was a gargantuan cigar, where most cigars that they're smoking, they love a Corona profile. They love a Robusto, you know? Uh, these smaller, compact sizes do, they they give you more flavor. Well, and, and this year, I just started smoking the Lancero, oh, oh, and yeah. I've never smoked those before, because, you know, you look at them and go, oh, that's tiny. Mm-hmm. But there's been several of them that I love. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. A good uh, Maduro Lancero or a Corona Lan- Maduro, like, uh, that's to me, you get some of the best flavor in the cigar world out of a stronger wrapper on a small ring gauge cigar. Yeah. Really lovely. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Okay, so you've named three out of your top five. We still need two more. Now, this isn't for Matthew. He gets to do his own five. Oh, absolutely. Uh, one I just smoked the other day, which absolutely really blew my skirt up, was the uh, Bellas Artis by A.J. Fernandez. They're Maduro. Um, it's a Petite Churchill, I think they call it. Short Churchill. Uh, short Churchill, yeah, there you go. Um, that would be up there. That was a phenomenal cigar. Um, and then, let's see, probably... For, for the number five, I would say the Bandolero by uh, Select Tobacco. It's just got one of those cigars that has very unique, I mean, it really can't be compared to another cigar. It almost has like a licorice kind of anise taste to me. Um, 
And that just, sounds interesting. Yeah, and it's just one of those cigars that's so different from the rest of the um, the smokes that you find in the industry that it really stands out to me, and that would uh, probably be my number five. As well, I'll have to as, put that on my list as well. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we'll send you home with one. Oh, well, thank <laughs> you. Yeah. All right, Matthew, what's your top five? Uh, well, <clears throat> I'm going to have to, again, go with the Atabay is one one of them. I'm not going to put them in any particular order here. Sure. Um, but uh, the Atabay, absolutely. Uh Again, um, I I am an abs- Placencia right now. They really can't do any wrong in my mind. I'm less fond of the uh, Alma Fuerte because again, it appeals to this really deep, rich, full complexity, and it's good, but it's just it just doesn't sing to me. But their Alma del Campo and the 146, it, I mean, I'm going to put them neck and neck, but they are both fabulous smokes, both creamy, both full, rich, complex. They both have different enough flavor to be unique cigars um, so maybe I, I'll just have to say uh, one two and three that would be three off the list and again I'm not going to lie uh, as silly as it seems that Gilberto Oliva again just for smoking enjoyment I would put that on my top five list because it, it, it unquestionably if 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 I had to fall back on any cigar one single cigar in my mind that would be it um, I, I can't say enough good things about it. And again, there are some other Cameroons that I may uh, put in that same wheelhouse. We have uh, this little uh, limited edition Leon Jimenez 300, which is a Cameroon, but you're not going to find that hardly anywhere. So for the average smoker, that Gilberto is just its a great standby. Um, and then, of course, I, I, my, my fifth, and without one of the first full-flavored uh, cigars that I smoked. It was a gift from a dear friend of mine, um, Bill. He's a cigar. He truly is an aficionado. This guy can talk circles around any human being I know about tobacco. He is a savant. And I'm pretty impressed with you two guys. Uh, <laughs> I mean, this, this, this guy, he, he, he gets a little, it's like, it's almost like, oh, hold on now, hold on. Yeah, I, speak, t- say some Start words that I can understand, you know? So what you're saying is you understand your customer that comes in and then you start talking and mm-hmm. he's like, I don't know what he's saying. Exactly. But he, he gifted me a Padron Anniversario 1965. And that cigar holds a real special place in my heart, uh, and it's still one that when, where I where I can find it and when I can afford it, uh, I will smoke that cigar because it is it delivers on so many levels, uh, complexity and flavor, uh, easily retro exhalable because of the age of the tobacco. It is just it's a lovely cigar, and it and it's one of those that, in my mind, in a in a world where so many cigars are similar in flavor and complexity, it's set a benchmark for the rest of the tobacco industry to follow and kind of say, okay, in this wheelhouse, we we compare ourselves to that cigar. Well, and also it sounds like that because it was given to you by a special friend, mm-hmm. it also holds sentimental value. Absolutely. And, you know, for me, uh, in 2016, my mother and my father both passed away. Mm. And I remember I got to spend the last... 38 days of my dad's life with him and we would sit out on the front porch and he'd never smoked cigars and of course I brought lots and lots of cigars and we'd sit on the front porch and he'd smoke a cigar with me so those cigars were always cherished to me Mm -hmm. so when you have that sentimental value it it just adds to the enjoyment yes absolutely you're right so alright well let's uh, talk about 
Do you guys go back to California much? No, no, hardly make it out yeah. there. We're kind of tied to this place for the most part. <laughs> it's yeah. uh, it, it's not a bad relationship, but we're here a lot. <laughs> I understand. I understand. Well, earlier when I was talking to Aaron, he said that he had been to the Dominican Republic with your father. Yes. Did you go as well? Uh, at a separate, at another time, yes. Yes, we've uh, we both traveled down there and and got to see the t- uh, we've seen the tabacalleras and the uh, the fields uh, where a lot of this uh, tobacco is grown. Um, I highly recommend anybody anybody who is a cigar fan uh, to travel to one of these parts of the world, whether it be Honduras, Nicaragua, Dominican Republic, and go and and, and, and see how this is done. It gives you a whole new appreciation for what we're smoking. Well, on this year. Uh, I'll be married 24 years. Mm-hmm. Next year will be 25. For our 25th anniversary, that's what we're going to do. Is we're going to go down and tour in Nicaragua. Oh, how fun. Yeah. This year for my anniversary, we're going to the uh, Rocky Mountain Cigar Festival. Cool. Oh, it's yeah. in August. So I'm telling you, when you get a wife, make sure you get a good one. <laughs> that's the goal, right? <laughs> the checklist, golf, cigars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Make sure that she approves. Tell me about the adventure that you guys are in and bringing in your own cigars. The nature of how we got started in the business. Uh, our folks they got uh, introduced to a number of individuals down in the Dominican Republic that produce cigars, um, have small tobacco yetas, um, are looking to come up in the industry. Um, and so, again, meeting these individuals, um, brokering deals, it's, uh, our folks do a lot of that. Uh, for us, they're they're kind of the uh, the long arm of um, uh, Paladin Cigars that reaches down to the Dominican Republic. Um, it's not it's I don't want to say it's not hard to do if you know the right people. It's actually pretty easy. Uh, the one thing that I can tell you that we've never really um, I don't want to have to have the desire for, but uh, I can tell you that myself and my brother we're not master blenders. Like, I can smoke a good cigar and appreciate a good cigar, but the guys that have been blending this long and doing this, and they know the tobacco, they know the, the flavors that they want to elicit from a cigar, um, they have their, their own unique style, obviously, but they've done the homework. We're just the, uh, I guess, the, uh, the lucky middlemen that get to stand uh, on this side of the, uh, of the world and, 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 and hand out, like, sell this awesome product. Um, but I have no interest in it being our product, you know, like right. these, these guys have done the the, 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 the years, they've put in the time, and to kind of stand in between that, that would be almost disgraceful to what they've done and who they are, in my estimation, you know, it's, it's just not something, it's not, I don't want it to be Matthew Boyer, Right. Uh, you know, I want these guys, I want all of our customer base to know that it's, you know. But you're involved to the point where you know who these guys are. Absolutely, you yes. You know what they do. Yes. And you know their love for the product. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, even though you're hands-off on that part, you're yes. still involved. Yes, oh, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, we know uh, We know all the master blenders. Uh, we've met them, had good conversations. They're great people. Most of them are very, very humble. Their passion is tobacco. And so if you can talk about tobacco, uh, if you can talk about cigars, um, obviously that's not all in the conversation. You know, Milton Hedemosain, the uh, master blender for Tobacco Five Star, he was a blender for Cohiba for 15 years. But before he did that, he played uh, um, a Major League Baseball here in the States. Uh, I heard that story. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, he'll talk about baseball. He loved, loves baseball. 
but just such humble human beings, such good people, people that you'd want to know, people people you'd really want to hang out with and spend time with, based upon just who they are as as as, that's as men. Yeah. yeah that's, so are y'all Ranger fans? Oh, I mean, you've got to be right. As soon as we moved to Texas, we, uh, you know, adopted the mentality of go Rangers, go Cowboys. Well, I'm a little different. I'm a Cowboy fan, but I'm an Astros fan. Okay. Oh, there you go. Yeah. I lived in the Houston area for 12 years. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so going to the games every week, you just become... Now, I root for Texas as well. But sure. if I gotta pick one or the other, yeah. then I'm going Astros. Yeah, absolutely. No, that makes yeah. sense. Uh, yeah. yeah, we still have our ties to some of the uh, California teams, you know, especially if they're playing somebody, anybody else, you non, know, non-Texas. Yes, exactly. Right. But you, you know, you gotta support what's in the shop and uh, what people like. There's a there's a good dynamic here though of people that. Uh, like a number of sports teams, which is good. Well, and God bless, we never even realized how into college football people got until we moved to Texas. Yeah, that was a, that was um, a I mean, shock that, to the system. Right? It was, yeah, that was so a, what's the main college team that the guys in your shop root for? Uh, well, TCU, you know, since it's right up the street, uh, we get a lot of that in here. We got a, um, and, a lot of alumni. Yeah, they'll wear all their purple on oh, game day and all of that, and we're like, what's going on here, you know? But um, Horned Frogs, right? Yes, Horned Frogs. Uh, a lot of Texas A&M people that come through here. Longhorns. Um, Longhorns. Of course, the, the Alabama fans that you either love them or hate them, you know, Roll Tide. Yeah, but, yeah. Who in Texas loves Alabama? Come on. <laughs> there's a, there's a couple yeah. of individuals that come right. through the shop uh, regularly, and it's... Uh, we actually have a, a coach that he used to uh, coach uh, high school football, and a couple of his kids are playing on various teams. Oh, so right. whenever they're playing, he's like, hoorah, you know. Well, I'm a Red Raider fan, mm-hmm. so sure. you probably don't get a lot of those out here. No, you know what? Uh, a, a handful. You'd be really? surprised. Yeah, it really is. And and again, that's the thing that kind of makes the Texas culture so unique and so special is that a number of people, it's not just one team. You get a really good mix, especially in the college football, because everybody went to these various schools, and going to the school, it's like that's your, you believe that color now, you know? And everybody has fun with it, uh, but everybody stays pretty civil for the most part. That's good. Yeah, it is. One. Fort Worth is awesome as far as uh, the whole cultural melting pot of just other Americans that come here. I mean, yeah, it's like there's probably half born and bred Texans that come to our shop, and everybody else is from other places, you know. Well, I, I read not too long ago that, and I don't know where the statistic came from, but it was like 6,000 people a month moved to Texas. Yes. Oh, oh yeah. It's so scary. It's so scary because a lot of them are Californians like us. But I can tell you, uh, I will I will vouch for both myself, my brother, and the rest of my family. We came out here as quick as we could to Texas. We did not bring political affiliation with us. Uh, we left all of that in California. That's actually one of the reasons we were so excited to move here is because, uh, you know, um, I mean, I tell people all the time, I'm proud to be from California. California is one of the most beautiful states in the Union. If you could get rid of 35 million people and their political views out there, I'd be back in a heartbeat. But because that's not going to happen anytime soon, Texas is the state to be. Um, I just don't, I don't want to see Texas change its, uh, uh, its ideologies, though. I mean, this is a, it's a great state for what people believe and how they behave. Uh, and as long as people coming here can respect that and remember that they left a place for a reason. Well, and I think with Texas, 
you get a lot of individuals. Mm -hmm. And what I mean by that is we support you to be who you are. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? I agree. Yeah. There's no reason the government should be telling me what to do or you what to do. Correct. Regardless of your political affiliation. Yes. Yes. That's abs- that's absolutely correct. It was. It's never their job. Um, you know, we were. I was discussing that with some guys in the shop the other day, and. It's kind of interesting when you start to actually break down and understand the reason why government was put into place. It's to safeguard society as a whole for all peoples. But, but nowadays the government's starting to get into this role of uh, playing nanny. You know, they want to tell what people like what people to do when and where so that these other that certain groups can feel safe or feel and it's like no it's it's to safeguard everybody but we're starting to get into playing favorites almost and and I couldn't agree with you more but that does say a lot about him getting on his soapbox does it not yeah I soapbox posture when he does it you know well and you, you didn't see me dust it off over here I was, <laughs> I, I'm going to stand up on my chair here in just a minute <laughs> No, I like it. My uh, younger brother is a history teacher, and so he gets he tells me the whole history of how we got to where we are, and he he does an amazing job on giving props for that. So it is fascinating. Yeah. So uh, tell me a couple more things about your shop that I don't know. We try to be pretty transparent with uh, you know what what you see is what you get. You know we uh, we have a fairly small humidor. Uh, which is which I like personally because you gotta just keep the cigars that are good in there. Um, well, and I will say that I disagree with you about how big your humidor is. I think it's the perfect size. Oh well, thank you. Right, that's uh, what she said. Right. <laughs> so, but what I mean by that is I go and I've been to a lot of shops. That's one I write reviews on shops, mm-hmm. and a big part of that is is the humidor too small, too big. And when I say too big, what I mean by that is I go to some shops that have humidors that are three times bigger than yours, but they don't even have enough cigars to fill your humidor. Mm. Oh, sure. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And I don't know why they even have such a big humidor other than to think that maybe at one time they carried that much and their business is shrinking, so they don't carry the ample amount of cigars anymore. Mm-hmm. So I want to say that your uh, humidor is fantastic. I mean, it's, well, thank it, you. I don't know how many facings you have, but it's full. And I love that it has as many selections as it does. Yeah, well, thank so you for that. Yeah, You guys are doing a good business. Yeah, we try to be selective about what we bring into the humidor. You know, a lot of it... <clears throat> In the past, part of our motto has been, you know, we bring in a line of cigars and we babysit it for a little while, turn people on to it, because we're excited about the product. That's the reason we brought it in. Um, and then after that, it's kind of sink or swim. You know, if it uh, if it stays selling, it, we, we buy more boxes. If it doesn't, the people have spoken. Right, and they let it go. Yeah, and, and we uh, we move that cigar out and bring something else in. Um it, uh, it's not. It's not hard. It's not. Uh, there's really a, a, a moderate amount of science to it, but uh, we do enjoy the selection that we have, and we enjoy the uh, uh, the relationship we have with uh, the brands that we do carry. The brand ambassadors are all fantastic, uh, good human beings. I mean, that's part of, as you said earlier, what is so appealing about the cigar industry. You run into very few people that have a raunchy attitude right. in the cigar business. Um, but um, we are a BYOB, which uh, I guess for some, some shops is not necessarily unique. But uh, it's a good uh, it's a good point for the enjoyment of our of our customer base. We provide glasses and ice, and most people come in and they enjoy cigars.
cigars very or the, the drinks very responsibly, um, and we like that. You know, it's, it's less expensive and. Especially with the whole uh, recent smoking ban in bars in the Fort Worth area here, that's been really nice just to see people that can still come in and enjoy a beverage with their cigars and not feel, you know, looking over their shoulder, have to walk 25 feet from the entrance of the building, you know. Well, and I think you have to be real careful having a bar and a cigar shop in one because it can easily become just a bar. Mm, absolutely, yes. And I've been to some shops that are like that and it's like you don't really get that cigar shop feel. Yes. It's more of a bar. Yeah. And if I wanted to hang out at a bar, I'd be at a bar. Right. right. The other thing I was telling your brother earlier is mm-hmm. what I loved when I came here the first time, y'all had a nice crowd in the lounge up in the front. Sure. And one of the guys was yelling at one of you two using everything except curse words and I was like you can tell this is a good shop because it's family yeah. you know what I mean when someone's harassing you yeah. it's in love yeah. and if you're not getting harassed then it's kind of a sterile situation mm-hmm. but you guys are, you can tell you guys have a great shop because it feels like family when you're here well it's been really wonderful just to see I actually had a uh, one of our customers kind of reminiscing about the uh, chain of connections that has come out of this establishment and the friends that he's made and the connections. Now he's got fishing buddies and golf friends and all of these uh, relationships that, you know, really wouldn't exist if uh, there weren't places like this still around. Oh, absolutely. And going forward, I mean, just this kind of atmosphere is hard to find. It's true. It's true. It's uh. It almost seems like the places like this, like a guy was appealing, uh, a customer of ours was appealing a little bit ago, the fact that this is like the old-time um, barber shop, you know, where guys would get together, they're solving the world's problems, you know, having the conversations that they can't have other places. Absolutely. And uh, and that really is, it's, it's almost like the last bastion of, I don't want to say uh, free thinking, but you're encouraged it's a, it's a safe it's a safe place for people to come and express themselves and man i've had i've had not ugly conversations but just conversations where uh, a, a customer will come in and they see something or something said and i mean i have a mouth on me uh and sometimes i say things and this guy immediately he actually looked at a sign that we had on, on our front window that we allow firearms we, we promote carry inside of the, the cigar shop here. Amen, brother. Yeah, right? The preach. Um, but this guy, he says, oh, so, and he gives me this really pointed comment. Well, I get, get my cigar and start puffing on it, and I sit down, and we have this talk, and we go back and forth, and it's it's kind of, it's heated, and it's, it's a little bit, you could tell there was some tension, but at the end of the day, we get up, and I said, man, you know, I really appreciate you listening to me. We hug it out. And he leaves, and, and he's, a, he's a regular, you know. He comes back, and he's not afraid to come through the door and still smoke cigars here. And he knows he's safe here. Correct, correct. <laughs> At least he should know that he's right. safe here. And that being said, I, I think you're 100% right on the feel of the old-time barbershop, mm. where men, women can come hang out and just relax and enjoy themselves. Yes. I mean, where yes. else can you go and have a smoke and a drink and just enjoy the company of fellow men and women that mm-hmm. are enjoying the same thing you are? Yes. I mean, I, I really don't know of another place other than cigar shops. 
no, I can't really think of too much. Uh, we we uh, a while back we hired on a, a, a new guy, uh, Ken. He's a really really great dude. Um, he's bartender by trade. Actually, I should I take that back. He's a mortician by trade. He tends bar and then he works here. So we get into great conversations with him. Um, but he was talking about even the difference between individuals that come into a bar and talk, the difference between that customer base and the cigar shop. And he says, cigar shop individuals, the people that come to a cigar shop, are so pleasant. You know, like they're they're here for a different mindset. You know, a lot of people they go to a, a bar and and their hope is to forget their problems. Uh, and, and and perhaps the cigar shop is true, but he says there's a different aim. Well, I think a big part of it is we have a mutual respect for each other, mm-hmm. where you don't find that at a bar. That's very true. That's true. I hadn't thought about that before. Good point, Mom. So, and the target, um, I guess the the persona of cigars and alcohol is so dramatically different that people smoke cigars for that. Uh, I don't want to say distinction, but it's a more refined, elegant. Absolutely. Uh, Whereas bars, you go and you, you do shots and you flirt with women and you're there to almost get rowdy. Whereas the cigar world, you're there to be distinguished and you're there to relax. And people don't drink alcohol the same with a cigar as they do at a bar. That's true. No, that's you're know, right. At, at a bar, it's just drink, drink, drink. Yeah. We're here, or when I'm having a drink, I sip on my alcohol. Mm-hmm. Right. You know. It, it, yeah, it's a flavor enhancer for the cigar or a pairing. Or a, a while back when we were in California, speaking of, uh, we're at a friend's wedding, and you know, a lot of times you'll go out into the into the world outside of the cigar shop, and people ask you what you do for a living. And you're kind of sitting there, and out in California in particular, you're kind of like, oh no, here it comes. Uh, well, we, we manage and own a, a cigar shop, and this actually it was the pastor's wife uh, who's officiating the wedding, and she says, oh, oh, dealing tobacco, okay. Well, dealing. Yeah, yeah, okay. And she's like, well, T- tell me, she says. I- I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna remain open-minded about this. She goes. I know cigars are different than some other things out there. I'm like, well, that's. It's good that you make that distinction. She says. What's the, in a word, how would you describe cigar smoking versus, say, smoking a cigarette? And I said, oh, well, that's, that's easy. Class. Because at the end of the day, most individuals, and man, we get them through here all the time. People that are looking to kick cigarettes or, or whatnot, and, and, and they're smoking for a very specific reason. They want to get that. They want to get that fix. Where with cigar smoking, this is its culture, its environment, its camaraderie, its class. Absolutely. You know. Uh, and again, I've I've never I haven't seen a single person smoking a cigar where you're just like they look dingy or they look you know. And and I don't want to judge like that. Sure. But smoking, I mean, smoking a cigarette, it's just a different animal. It's just a different different beast and. Uh, can't really compare the two. And, w- and without trying to sound uppity, mm-hmm. it is a different class. It is. I, I smoked cigarettes for 24 years, mm-hmm. and I gave up smoking for 10. Wow, no I, kidding. Yeah, I gave up wow. smoking for 10 years and never smoked another cigarette, and I still haven't. Um, but I didn't smoke anything for 10 years, and then I started smoking cigars, yeah. and it was not the same. Right. Right, you know, uh, it was, and it was for what you say, the enjoyment of the camaraderie mm-hmm. of your fellow cigarian, and I fell in love with that, 
more than I fell in love with the actual cigar. Yes. You know what yes. I mean? It's, it's that bond that we all share. Yes, exactly. And, and I do have to tell people I level with a lot of customers. I had a couple in here for Christmas, and the, uh, the husband and wife are here, and the, the wife's still a little bit. You can tell she's apprehensive about the whole idea of cigar smoking. She's not quite sure about the whole thing. And, you know, I'm, I'm always very quick to remind people or just to encourage them and say, well, what, what I'd like to do, I put the burden back on the consumer and I say, listen, I said, go out and try to prove me wrong. Go find find the documents, find the data supporting uh, that cigar smoking is licentious, that, that there's some negative physiological response. I said, I don't think you'll be able to find it because it just doesn't. I was, I was telling your brother before mm-hmm. the show that I read an article, the FDA said that if you don't inhale, and you have two cigars a day, your chances of lung cancer are nil. Yes. And you won't see that publicized anywhere. No. But that is what I've been saying for years. I don't inhale. Right. And it, and it is non-habit forming. And there is, and as I told this couple, I said, yeah, I, said I, I say that out of the side of my mouth because, look, it, the reality is is that it is habit forming. Sure. You, Everything you, is. You want to you want to you want to go back and you want to smoke another cigar, but not for the same reasons. But right. but I can say honestly, there are times when I'll be rolling around in my truck or I'll be sitting at the house and I'll say, man, sushi sounds fantastic right now. Am I addicted to sushi? No, absolutely not. I enjoy it, but it's the same type of habit. It's the same. I, That's because you're from California. Well, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> my colors have shown. <laughs> But, no, I, I agree with you 100%. It's totally different. Mm-hmm. Something that's distinguished. It has class. And the main thing for me is just the enjoyment of being around other uh, cigar enthusiasts. Yes, exactly. Exactly. All right. Do you guys have anything else, or are we going to wrap it up? Well, gosh, I think uh, you've been very gracious to have us, and we really yeah. appreciate well, uh, you coming in and pleasure. smoking a cigar with us. Well, I'm going to tell a quick story then. Please. First of all, I appreciate it that you guys opened up the shop and we can do this show here. But I also have to be honest to the audience and say that we planned this a year ago. <laughs> and it was my fault. I take full responsibility. Uh, it's taken me this long to get all my ducks in a row to start the podcast. And you guys, this is actually the third episode. So I just oh, am yeah. so thankful that you guys open your doors and humidor for me to come in and do this show. Well, it's been a pleasure. We'll have to do it again in the future. Oh, absolutely. I look forward to it. And just to give you guys some props, uh, Aaron runs a heck of an Instagram page mm-hmm. with all his, his photography is really good. Uh, is it just Paladin Cigars on yeah, your Instagram? Paladin Cigars, yes, okay. sir. And I know you have a Facebook page as well. Absolutely. So definitely go by and uh, let these guys know what you thought about the show and let them know that you uh, support what they're doing. And if they can be any help to you, I know they will. So we appreciate it. And until next time, keep smoking.